get uh, some water anytime? Good morning, everybody. My name is Pastor Mona, and I'm here at Living Hope Church. I want to thank all of you who are here in person and those that have joined us online. Uh, we are just very, very blessed to have such a beautiful community that comes to join us every Sunday and sometimes on Thursday and Tuesday. Uh, it's been a really good journey this year, and I want to thank all of you who have come and have given us uh, your resources. Many have supported us financially and uh, it's been a, just um, a blessing to see how God has moved upon many people's hearts just to stay healthy spiritually. That's why you're here today. In your heart, you want to stay healthy. In your heart, you want to know what God has for you in the year 2021. Wow, that is such a... I don't know, you know, when you think about 2021, I remember watching a movie when I was in the 1990s, and uh, it shows my age, but, you know, they were talking about 2020, and I'm going, whoa, what am I going to be like then? Well, we're here, and uh, who would have known that we were actually going to fall into a pandemic, something that we have never experienced before, and so today, I just really want to bring something that's been very close to my heart in the last several weeks called Received but forgotten. That's the title of the message. We need a clearer vision of what we need to stand on in the days to come. And I want to share this quote from Peter Marshall. He was a great man of God who was a chaplain for the Congress in Washington in the 1930s. And this man knew how to stand on truth. He had, and he spoke, and, and he was the light for a lot of politicians on the hill. And, uh, and this is what he says. He says, give to us clear vision that we may know where to stand and what to stand for. Because unless we stand for something, we fall for everything. Unless we stand for something, we will fall for everything. In today's culture and her society, we must know what we stand for. And many of us have fallen uh, you know, to the, the news and all of the information that's coming because we have not, we have forgotten what we have received. Now we've just gone through Christmas where the whole idea is that we've received and been given Christ as being born for us. But we have forgotten what all that entails. What does that do for us? And who are are we going into 2021 and what are we you know what are we standing for what's our defining moments what causes us to make decisions and what do we stand on and so we have to go back to scriptures and we see kind of like a little warning and a cautionary note in Hebrews 2 verse 1 and 3 just the first part where it says we must pay the most careful attention therefore to what we've we have heard so that we do not drift away another uh, word is or we slip away or we fail to heed what has been given to us and we've forgotten what we have received. And then he says in verse 3, how shall we escape if we ignore so great a salvation? So what we've heard from God in the last years and even in this year, you know, many of us has just slipped away. We have not taken heed to it. And when we do take heed, you will see that we build and we stand and we're not, we're not moved greatly with all of what's going on. So we need to ask ourselves, has what 
has flown from the kingdom of God in your personal relationship. And as you read the word and as you are here listening to this message, has it flown just past you without any, with any, without any effect on your life? Because really, truly, the word of God is alive. You know, it encourages us, this scripture, to pay attention to what we have received from Christ. What is that great, great salvation that we've been given? So let's be honest. This virus has caused us to forget what was so freely offered to us from Christ. A lot of us have been greatly shaken. If, if we say, oh, no, you know, nothing, I'm still the same, and nothing's really come to get me, I really think you're living in a, a delusion. Because I truly believe all of us, from the youngest to the oldest, have been challenged this year to find out what we are standing on. Not a very good place or easy place to be, but I think it is a, an appropriate place in what we have been going through. And so we need to ask ourselves, do, have we forgotten God's great love for us? Have we forgotten his great love? Have we forgotten or ignored his forgiveness and his acceptance? And what that should do as we walk out, you know, this, this pandemic? Have we uh, forgotten about his protection and how he guides us as almighty God? You know, have we forgotten the sacrifices of Christ's life on the cross and the free gift of righteousness that makes us right? There is so much that we have heard over the last many years from this pulpit, but did we pay close attention to it, or did it just slip away? See, unless we stand for something, we will fall for everything. And so we need to listen to what we have received. And I, I only chose one book. One chapter. Now, you're talking about many books of the Bible, but I'm only choosing one chapter in one book in Ephesians 2. And that really tells us what we have received from Christ. Because of his great love, now we're looking from verse 4 to 22. I'm just going to summarize it. We don't have time to read all that. So hear the words this morning. Because of his great love and mercy, he made us alive. God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms. That means that no matter what earthly problems we are facing today, we have heavenly solutions. We have heavenly solutions. And then he said that he showed us incomparable riches and that he called us his handiwork created for good works. I don't know about you, but it gives us that sense that God had a mission for us. He had an an assignment for us to, to uh, to be his handiwork. And he says we are, at one point we were without hope and without God, but now in Christ we have been brought near to God and we have access to God 24-7. Have we forgotten this? We have received it because Jesus died and did it all. We only have to believe what has been given to us. And he says, so we have access. We are no longer foreigners or strangers to God. We are fellow citizens with God's people. Now, we're not even alone. Other people who are called by his name are fellow citizens with us. We are joined together, and we are, built, and we are being built together to become a dwelling in, uh, for God with his spirit. He is what he starts. He does finish. 
No matter what God has revealed to us in 2020, we need to realize what we have received. Let it not slip away because if you let this truth slip away, you will stand for something else. Ephesians 1.18 says this, that tells us this is what we've received, the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints. Colossians 1.13 says, for he has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of his son that he loved He brought you and I, not because we merited it, not because we did anything right. It's because Jesus did everything right. And so he receives us and he's asking us, don't forget the kingdom that you're in. Now to put it, you know, the cherry on the cake is what we hear in Hebrews 12, 28, 29. He says, therefore, since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken, If we have that kingdom that cannot be shaken and we are kingdom people, a citizen that does no longer belong here in this world, why is it, beloved, that in the last many years or maybe this year, we have actually discovered so many things that are not so good to see? And yet he says this, let us be thankful because we have that unshakable kingdom. Let us worship God acceptably with reverence and awe for our God is a consuming fire. We should never forget that we belong to this kingdom and that, that he, that we, God, I believe, was asking us all year round to stop trusting the transitory things of this world. And wholeheartedly, he was calling us back to devote ourselves to him. God is completely unwavering and immovable, and he is the only kingdom that will endure till the end. If we are in this kingdom, beloved, we need to understand the authority, the power, and all that has been given to us through Christ. We need to understand this as we go forward walking together. When we build our lives on the foundation of his love, his truth, and his faithfulness, he will hold us steadfast. You see, we don't have the strength to be steadfast to what's coming. He's the one that wants to hold us, and he wants to deal with every fear so that they will all fade away. Not only have we forgotten that we have received this unshakable kingdom, but I believe we've forgotten that we are kingdom citizens. We have forgotten that we're citizens of heaven now with an assignment. Philippians 3.20 says this, but our citizenship is in where? Heaven. And we eagerly await for who? Our Savior from there and the Lord Jesus Christ. He says, remember our hope today is not in this life, but we live like it is. We hope that the vaccine will do what it has to do so that we can just have life again. We hope that the doctors will have it all right. We hope that this news will finish and that we'll be able to get back to normal again. But the the idea of that really holds absolutely no truth. As a matter of fact, if you fall, if you actually stand on that truth, you will fall. You will slip away and drift away from the very thing that God is trying to teach us in this pandemic. So our hope is not of this life, but in the one to come. But we don't live like that. 
We live for the here and now, and that's why so many of us are greatly moved. So many of us are experiencing depression and oppression and discouragement and despair. Now, does that mean we're rotten kingdom people if we're experiencing that? No, that just means we're standing for the wrong things. That just means that we've received something from, from, from Christ, but we have forgotten. It just slipped away. And we need to actually take heed and pay more attention to what has been said from God and from his word. Now, Dr. Tony Evans talks about kingdom citizens, and he gives this de- definition. Are you ready? He says this. A, a kingdom citizen is a visible, verbal follower of Jesus Christ who consistently applies the principles of heaven to the concerns of the culture. It means it's a follower of Christ that goes to the word of God and goes to the heart of God to get wisdom in order to bring it back to the culture. Kingdom citizens have an obligation to fully utilize and fulfill their assigned task through the use of God-given resources. That's your time, your talent, your monies, your treasures, and and, and abilities for the benefit of who? Ourselves? Our society. His greatest resources that he's given us is the Holy Spirit and the Word of God. We are not ill-equipped as, kids, uh, as kingdom citizens. Not only do we have a kingdom that's unshakable, we have a king that is all-powerful. God assigned us resources in such a way that they bring him glory and expand his kingdom rule in this world. And he does that through us. Not just that pastor and whoever has a title, whoever's a leader in this church. It's all of us who are followers of Christ. See, the church is built and God's kingdom is advanced by faithful believers who serve God the best to the best of their ability. God designed the church to be the epicenter of the culture. We are to be the heart of the culture. The epicenter is that point that where something has happened. It's where the earthquake started. We need to be earthquakes, meaning we need to bring, you know, that, that, that shaking going on around us so that the people will turn back to God. We need to understand that God designed the church to do that for all of us. This present crisis, if we're honest, has revealed that we have not paid attention to what we have heard over the years. It has actually, we showed, uh, God has been showing us that we have a lot of holes that have appeared in our faith. A lot of areas that we actually thought we believed, but we didn't. A lot of things that we were standing for, like Peter Marshall said, but actually have not really actually built on. This year, it also showed us how so many that we have believed the lies of the enemy more than we've believed the very truth that we are kingdom citizens, that we are under a kingdom that's unshakable, that we are no longer in the dominion of darkness, but are in the kingdom of his beloved son. We walk around like we have absolutely no power or no decision-making in all of this, that we have to go with the flow, and that is it. We settle for darkness when we should never settle for anything else but what God calls us to be. This year, we have seen a lot of vulnerabilities that we have tried to hide in one way, shape, or form. And I look out right now, and all of you have masks on your face. Well, masks is part of what we do now because of this pandemic. But you know, masks are also there to what? Hide. 
And so many of us have been hiding behind masks way before COVID-19. And God has been asking us all year, take off your mask, not the physical one, but take off the mask of all of those things you've been trying to hide because you're afraid. Instead of paying close attention, we started drifting away. We ignored the signs and the nudges. And instead of going to God, we have put our confidence in the world system. Well, everything's going to be okay now. Beloved, I really don't think everything's going to be okay. See, we've gone all to the wrong things to, to make us feel safe. And in doing so, what we've done is that we've slipped away from the very things that we have received from Christ. The assurance, the safety, the peace, the joy, the sense of fulfillment. And we have built our confidence on really the wrong things. So I, heard, I read an article uh, last week, and I wanted to pull out this quote because he talked about what has happened to the church with, with the, this pandemic. And the quote says this, as the cor- coronavirus spreads, Christians must unify and build a relational bridge when the virus wants to create a social moat. For those who don't know what a moat is, I'll give you a definition. It's a deep, wide ditch, usually filled with water, typically surrounding a fortified fortress or castle as a protection against assault. The purpose of the moat is to separate and to keep at bay danger. And so for us, what it means for us is that because we have, re- we, we have you know, um, if we have received what God has given us and we had not forgotten, then we would have figured out that this year, a lot of us, we were building the wrong things. We've forgotten what was given to us. And then when we face this pandemic, which we are facing right now, our first instincts was to build this moat around our lives and around our families instead of trusting God's ability to keep us, to provide for us, to enable us, to give us a word that we need to move through this without actually being shaken by what we're seeing. I mean, I just read an article yesterday about, you know, the different strand of the virus, and I can feel my heart start pumping. I'm going, what do you mean there's a whole bunch of different strands? friends you know what what about the vaccine and what about this and I went you know God this is what you're saying to me don't forget what you've received don't forget what I have spoken into your life and what my word says to you I have a mission for you I have an assignment that's very clear and but when you go there and you start building that social moat around you to protect yourself then you will fail at the very thing that you were you were pulled out of in order to glorify my name so let's face it as things accelerated this year it revealed what kind of Christianity we have did it not some of it wasn't nice. Some of it was, hey, I am just a solid. And other things, uh, I got to work on those things. Now we are at a crossroads. We can continue to build the moat, meaning going to this world system to try to figure out how we're going to navigate this darkness and drift away from the very thing that will actually cause you to stand in the days to come. Or we can become kingdom citizens on mission for God. 
I believe we are called to serve and love others as Christ himself has served us through his death and resurrection, even when it involves personal risk and cost. We must not ignore this great salvation and we must start proclaiming it to others who are hurting and are looking for a sense of security and assurance. We must once again become kingdom focused and walk with kingdom authority to the masses because many are seeking and searching and many are not finding the answer with us. One way to do that is to care for one another. In the new year, we're going to be doing home groups and we're going to build and develop in the people of God a way to worship and fellowship together. We're going to go back to Acts 2, 46, where they came together uh, every day continuously for prayer and to eat together. They rejoiced. Their heart was sincere and their heart was full of joy. They knew what they wanted to do. They understood who they were and because of it many were added to them we're going to discover what that looks like together because I truly believe as I said many many weeks ago that this building is not the church it's just a place we go to we are the church we are the kingdom people the citizens of heaven who are going to hand out the truth and the hope to those who have none All of us need extra reminding today. Yes, social distancing is, is in the news today, as it should be. However, if we end up distance from one another, we will be worse off and not better. How many do I see today that are distanced from other people? And what they say is, well, you know, I'm, I'm just, uh, what they're doing is they're building their moat. <laughs> and, and, and this is what they believe will keep them and provide for them and keep them safe. But you know, beloved, my days are numbered. It won't be a moat that I build around me that's going to protect me from this virus. It's going to be God and his kingdom that is unshakable. His word never fails. And we need to make a decision of what we're going to be putting our confidence in because the moat won't do it last time I checked if you saw those battles in the old days the they sent arrows of, of you know with fire and it, they did attain their jobs and there, those things there I don't know the uh you know with the balls that went flying what do you call those Catapults, thank you. My goodness, nothing will save you. Not your moat, not your castle. The only thing that will save us to the things that are coming is Christ and Christ alone. We will focus on building our, you know, if we don't focus on God and what we've received, then we will be building our moat instead of building the kingdom. So next week at 6.30 or 7 o'clock, we're going to be sharing what God has put on our hearts to prepare his people. We're going to be sharing about what God has told us to sound the trumpet and to awaken and to cause God's people to pay attention again. Because I believe that God did not bring you to this church for nothing. God did not bring you to this body for nothing. He had a purpose. He had an assignment. We are on mission. We've always been on mission. We've just forgotten it. And the pandemic just showed us where our our affections were and God is not angry he's just calling us home he's calling us once again you see the Christian church is called to sacrificially care for the vulnerable because as scripture reminds us Christ first loved us and died for us that we might be forgiven and reconciled to God 
We love others. Listen to this. We love others because we understand just how much God has done for us what we have received and how he then calls us to live in light of that love. We have missed that, beloved. I know that this opportunity of going to the addiction center has caused me to perfect this understanding that God so loved me that my life is not my own. And it is costly and it's risky. And I'm saying, God, the more I do it, the more I am more alive. You see, when we distance ourselves and we create the moat around us, there's a deadness that comes into play because we take God out. For the Christian, how well we endure in sacrificially serving the vulnerable is one of the greatest indicators of how deeply we have understood what Christ has done for us. John Calvin says this, All the blessings we enjoy are divine deposits, committed to our trust on this condition, that they should be dispensed for the benefit of our neighbors. How well are we able to love others is a direct indication of how well we know Christ and what he has given us. Moat building is about loving ourselves. The gospel gives us only one condition, serve and love the hurting. Yet today the church in the last year has been found asleep, silent, and hiding. And now we are called to a life that is different. We are called because we cannot leave this place and not say we have not heard that we are kingdom citizens. You see, throughout history, moments of crisis always revealed what kind of Christians they were. And I want to tell you a story of a famous example of that. In the church, the, uh, the church historian Eusebius describes a fourth century epidemic that swept through the Roman Empire. Now, when you, you read the end of that story, the, it, it lasted for three years, and there was such chaos. Even after it lasted, the whole Roman Empire was affected by it. There was, there was actually darkness, chaos, and the power of the Roman uh, Empire had been broken because of that pandemic. And so he says this, this historian says this, far from fleeing the cities or shutting off their homes from others, uh, Eusebius records that all day long, Christians tended to the dying and to the bur uh, burial, countless numbers with no one to care for them. Others gathered together from all parts of the city, a multitude of those withered from famine and distributed bread to them. As a result, Eusebius concludes this, the Christians' deeds were on everyone's lips and they glorified the God of the Christians. You see, they understood that they were kingdom citizens. They were faced with, with what was likely far more severe than our pandemic right now. The fourth century Christians modeled a faith that is truly compelling. That pandemic revealed that they were citizens of heaven, that they had not neglected nor ignored their great salvation, and their hope was not in this life, but the one to come. 
Many of God's children today, as I'm finishing right now, I need you to hear my voice. Some of you are falling asleep, and I'm not surprised because this type of message could set you free or could send you back to trying to build your own moat, thinking that you, as long as you do it your way, you'll be okay. Well, you know, your kingdom is very shakeable. My God's kingdom isn't. So many of God's children have forgotten what they have heard and received, and they have began to build their moat. But now it's time to build bridges to go out. Now, give me the other picture of my other moat that I put there. Do you see that beautiful bridge? This, if you have found yourself in your fear, if your fear has defined you and has driven you to build a moat to self-protect, no matter what you're going through, it might not even be the pandemic. It might be just things that have been unresolved in your marriages, in your relationship with your children, and that has caused you to build a moat around it because you're tired and you're weary and you're overwhelmed. But God is telling you to Today, build the bridge. Get out of that place. It's shakable. It will not provide what or deliver what it's promised. We as kingdom people need to understand that we have a kingdom that's unshakable and a king that never fails. The scripture that is our scripture as a family this year, we will remember our, remember each other, remember to tell each other this when we fail to grasp the bigness of our great salvation. And Luke 137 says, for no word from God will ever fail, ever fail. Will we as children of the unshakable kingdom, still be defined by fear in 2021? Driven by the desire to build our moats, or are we going to be like the fourth century Christians who paid close attention to what they heard, and when it came time to walk out their faith, they did so with authority and power. With the, with, when we are and we see ourselves as, as citizens of heaven, we start developing a sense of mission. We start developing an excitement and understanding that we have are not living just for the moment, but we're living for the line, beloved. There is an eternity before us. We are only passing through here. We are sojourners, pilgrims, but yet we want to hold on to everything here. But these things are transitory. They come and they go. But if you are to stand on what you know is true on God, then you will find yourself making things count in the days to come. Every day as I wake up, I ask God, Please help me make it count today because I'm not guaranteed my tomorrow. All I know is that I'm in his hands. So today, because I don't live for here, I live for what's to come. I'm asking God to just drive that in my head over and over again every day because we tend to do this, don't we? We tend to try to find things that will please us and do and keep us safe. But God is asking us to look up. And I want to finish with one last verse. In Philippians 1.27, he says, Above all, you must live as citizens of heaven, conducting yourself in a manner worthy of the good news about Christ. 
Then, whether I come and see you again or only hear about you, I will know that you are, what? Standing together with one spirit, one purpose, fighting together for the faith, which is the good news. That's what Better Together Home Groups will be all about for us today. We are going in the year to come, stand together and fight together for the good news. We're going to teach each other how to pray, how to study the word, how to worship, how to go out and touch our community. We will be challenged to do something different than what we've done with what we have heard. And I believe that if you will follow and you will believe once again that our kingdom, our king is one who is unshakable, then you will find yourself with authority and power and enablement like you've never had before. And as we saw that movie, Tortured for Christ, he said one thing. In the midst of darkness and all the torture, he learned to live in the supernatural. I believe in the days to come, God wants to teach us to live in the supernatural. That is done by giving permission to the Holy Spirit to take down our moats, to take down those things that we put confidence in, and to bring us back to paying attention to what we've heard heard and to actually not ignore our great salvation we have many before us as I see there is such a pull in this society there's a pull for us as Christians to drift away to slip away from the very truths that will keep us in the days to come I see it that's all I do most of the time is that realign most of you with grace and love, and I remind you who you are. But there is another pull out there, the societal pull, who's actually causing people to be so veiled to the truth. But what I have seen since August going to the detox, and it's just a small place, is that if I sit still and I remember which kingdom I belong to, and I remember I'm a kingdom citizen, given an assignment with God's power, if I sit quietly enough, what I discover is the supernatural. God gives me a word. There is a great pull on the souls of people around you right now. Many people are lost and confused. And we are so bothered by the confusion that we forget about the soul. We have to come back to that place. We have been given a mandate as kingdom citizens to give out what we've been so greatly given. And in the days to come, I believe it is what's going to cause us not to... We, we, we won't build the moat, beloved. We will continue to build on this kingdom that is unshakable. And we will not ignore or neglect what God has given us. Would you like to stand with me today? For those that are home, I would suggest that you just bow your head and ask the Lord to help you understand what you've forgotten and maybe what you have stood for and why you have built the moat in the first place. God is calling us home, beloved, and he's calling us to our assignment because the days are short. And the ways of society is going to get darker. We need to know what we stand for. 
I truly believe God wants to do something. Oh, Holy Spirit. We come to you, Lord, needy this morning. We come to you understanding what our fear has driven us to. It's driven us away from that foundation of truth, that unshakable kingdom, and that great king that we serve. God, we ask today, Holy Spirit, that you would breathe upon your people, that you would encourage them, that you would call them back, and that they would understand that no matter how much of a moat that we've built, that you will help us to build the bridge relationally and also the bridge of healing and restoration and breakthrough. You are in those things, God. You want to bring victory. You want to bring restitution. You want to restore us, God. But you're asking us to give up the moat. God, you're asking us that instead of being defined by fear, we would be defined by who we are and what we have received. I'm asking God for a greater understanding and a spirit of wisdom to fall upon your people, that you would enlighten their heart with the truth of how great your mercy and love is for us, and that you're setting us up for victory for 2021. Lord, we thank you for your promises that never fail. We thank you for your word that never fails. We thank you, God, that you're a king that will always stand to protect us and to keep us in the days to come. I'm asking for a blessing of understanding upon each and every one who has heard this message. In Jesus' name, I pray. May God keep you, and may he reveal himself mightily to you. He has a plan for you. You're not too old for him, and it's not finished for you, no matter how, how much failings you had or how many things that you've done that you shouldn't have done. God is not finished with his people. He's calling us. He's calling us to stand now, and he's going to give us everything that we need to love and to serve the suffering. Amen? Amen. Have a great day. Thank you for coming. this